0: It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
1: And welcome to Wise Guys, These Guys Know Sports, here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter, at Guys underscore h. also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram, at These Guys Know Sports. If you're wondering why I'm playing Bone thugs and harmony it's because it is the first of the month. Today is Thursday, December the 1st. Come on in. Stay a while, folks. Put your boy, Trey Larkas, on the Wise Guys Sports Show on the Worldwide Sports Network. I hope everyone had an outstanding Thanksgiving. I know I did. Got to eat some great food and spend some quality time with family. It, it was a great, great time for Thanksgiving, for sure. Got to eat some good macaroni and cheese. My aunt makes the best mac and cheese. Got some good yams and turkey. It was, it was, It was great. Now, here's the thing. I believe that the first or second day like over the weekend i would say after thanksgiving friday saturday sunday you could still eat thanksgiving food and it won't get old to you but by the start of the week on monday i was done with thanksgiving food i was done i said all right that's enough i ate a few leftovers for a few days by monday I i was done with it i was through but great thanksgiving great games on thanksgiving Josh Allen and the Bills beat the Lions last week in Detroit. And then Dak Prescott and the Cowboys got it done against the New York Giants 28-20 on Fox on Thursday. And then in the nightcap, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings, they beat the New England Patriots in a high-scoring affair. It was a very, very high-scoring game in Minnesota in that dome. So great Thanksgiving overall. We are now... In NFL, week 13, it's December football, playoffs, football is getting close, ladies and gentlemen. It's getting close. Starting with tonight's matchup in the AFC, let's get right to it. We have the Buffalo Bills, who are favored by four points, traveling to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. It's an 8:15 kickoff. On Amazon Prime Video. The over under for this game is 43.5 points. So, this is the first matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots this season. And I remember last year in the playoffs, the Buffalo Bills completely dominated the New England Patriots. I believe the Buffalo Bills scored on. Every single possession last year in that playoff game, they were in Buffalo. It was on wild card weekend. The Bills didn't punt one single possession of that football game. Not one single possession of that game did that New England Patriots defense force that Bills high-powered offense to punt the football. And you look at this matchup. The Bills are top five in every major statistical category. They average 427 yards per game. That's ranked second in the NFL. They averaged 279 passing yards per game. That's ranked third in the NFL. They average 28 points per game. That's ranked second in the NFL. And they convert on 51% of their third down plays. That's ranked second in the NFL. And we all know, They are led by Josh Allen. And Josh Allen for the season, 23 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 3,183 passing yards. He's completing 64% of his passes. So Josh Allen, to me, is having a good season. Not great. Because in the early part of the season, I thought Josh Allen was an MVP candidate right alongside... To attack of Viloa and Patrick Mahomes, but over the last few weeks, I believe Josh Allen' his production has not been as high recently than it was in the first six or seven weeks of the season. Josh Allen has thrown eleven interceptions this year, and I think Joe Burrow has ascended to being in the NFL MVP conversation as a sleeper. As a sleeper, Joe Burrow is in the MVP conversation, and Josh Allen hasn't emerged as the front-runner to win MVP. I think Patrick Mahomes right now is the NFL MVP. Behind him, I think it's Tua, and then maybe even Tyreek Hill. But Josh Allen is not a top-five MVP candidate right now. But he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Last week against the Detroit Lions, even though the Lions played well in that game, Josh Allen made plays when he had to. He went 24 of 42. He threw for 253 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception. So Josh Allen made plays when he had to make plays. We saw that on the last possession when the Bills kicked a game-winning walk-off field goal. Josh Allen connected with Stefan Diggs and got the Bills in the field goal range, and they ultimately won the game. But... I think the last few weeks he's been, you know, he's been struggling and he hasn't been at his best, but I do expect Josh Allen to elevate his game as the season goes along. We know offensively the Bills got one of the best offenses in the NFL. They got Josh Allen at quarterback, a top-ten quarterback in the NFL. At receiver, you got a dynamic duo in Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis. At tight end, they got Dawson Knox. Okay, so we know their passing attack is one of the best in the NFL. Their signature win this year came against the Kansas City Chiefs back in week six. So that was their signature win this year. They beat the Chiefs 24 to 20. And again, I believe right now in the AFC, the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs are in a stratosphere of their own right now. I I think the, the Chiefs and the Dolphins are the two best teams in the AFC right now. But I believe the Bills if they perform well towards the end of the season, they could creep into their co- that conversation. They could get the, they could definitely be in that conversation. They got the Patriots, Jets in week 14. Home against the Dolphins. Those are going to be two meaningful games to which team wins the AFC East. Week 14, they're home against the Jets, week 15 they're home against the Dolphins. Those two games are going to decide if the Bills win the AFC East. Coming into the season, everyone wants to hype up the Bills. The Bengals got to the Super Bowl, and the Bills were talked about more than the Bengals were, and the Bengals got to the Super Bowl last year. It just amazes me how the media wants the Buffalo Bills to be a Super Bowl contender. We know they're playoff contenders. But I don't know if the Bills right now are Super Bowl contenders and wins over the Cleveland Browns without Deshaun Watson and over the Detroit Lions are not going to change my mind. I think they're a playoff team, but it remains to be seen if they are a Super Bowl contender. I think the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs are the favorites right now in the AFC. And depending on how the Bengals play Sunday in their matchup against the Chiefs, They could creep their way into that conversation as well. But again, we're going to see what Buffalo is made of. They don't have Von Miller. Von Miller got placed on IR earlier today. So he's going to be out a minimal of four games. So this team's strength is their offense. So I don't want to hear excuses about them not having Von Miller. Von Miller is a veteran who is in the latter part of his career. He's not in his prime anymore. He can still make plays, but he's not, not in his prime. This is Josh Allen's team. So I expect Josh Allen to make plays in key pivotal moments for the Bills to win football games. Now, I do believe the Bills are going to need Von Miller once the postseason starts. Remember last year in the division around playoff game, the Bills' defense in 13 seconds gave up a game tying field goal to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. If you have Von Miller, Maybe Von Miller makes a play on that particular series and the Bills advance to the AFC Championship game. So I think Von Miller will be an X-factor for the Bills defensively once they get into the playoffs. But this team's strength is their offense. When it comes to the New England Patriots, I don't believe the New England Patriots has a playoff team. I know last week the Patriots, they performed well against the Minnesota Vikings offensively. They put up 26 points in that matchup. The Patriots offensively, they had 364 passing yards, 409 total yards of offense. Matt Jones played pretty well, honestly. He went 28 of 39, 382 passing yards, two touchdowns. So Matt Jones was actually impressive in that game last week. You look at what he did against the Jets in week 11, he went 23 of 27. He threw for 246 passing yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. And then in week nine against the Colts in a win for the Patriots. Mac Jones went 20 of 30, 147 passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Now, here's the thing, though. The reason why I believe the Patriots were able to be successful Against that Vikings defense is because that Vikings defense isn't very good. The Vikings defensively they have given up the most receptions of twenty yards or more this season, so they give up forty they have given up forty three receptions of twenty yards or more this year. So offensively, I'm not that impressed with the Patriots performance last week. I'm just not I don't like their skill position players. Devonte Parker, Nelson Aguilar, Tyquan Thornton, Matthew Slater—they okay? They okay? They have the worst receiving core probably in the NFL. I like the running backs. They got Reondre Stevenson. They got Damian Harris at receiver. They also have Jacoby Myers. He 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 showed some heart last week. He got hit pretty early in that Vikings game. Kept fighting. But I don't believe in the Patriots as a playoff team. I don't believe in the Patriots to win tonight's game. I'm going to roll with Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills to beat Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. I'm going Bills 27, Patriots 13. Everybody remember go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Guys underscore H on Facebook Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Coming at the break, I'm going to discuss the quarterback controversy between Mike White and Zach Wilson in New York. I'll be right back. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the World Wise Sports Network. Everybody remember go to follow the Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Let me show to follow the Wise Guys Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Call into the show, 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. Got anything you want to talk about on the show tonight, particularly NFL MVP, your particular team, how you believe your team is playing so far this season. Also later in the show, I'm going to preview an AFC championship rematch between the Kansas city chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. Can't wait for that segment. My chiefs analyst, Steve Willis will join us on the show tonight to preview that matchup. Also, it's going to be a big-time battle this weekend. In the Bay, we got Tua Tagovailoa versus Jimmy G in San Francisco. It's the Dolphins. It's the 49ers. It's Mike McDaniel. It's Kyle Shanahan in the Bay this weekend. Can't wait for that matchup. I'm going to preview that game as well. And I'm going to give my Week 13 wise picks and my my predictions for this upcoming weekend in the NFL. So if you want to put some tickets in this weekend and put some bets in, come on in and take a listen to my Week 13 Wise Picks segment. But let's transition to New York, and let's discuss the New York Jets and their 31-10 win over the Chicago Bears. Remember last week, Robert Sala, Bench, Zach Wilson for Mike White. Mike White had a sensational performance. He went 22 of 28. He threw for 315 passing yards, three touchdowns. And Robert Sala, after the game, he said, when it comes to the Jets and their quarterback situation, he said, quote, it's a week-to-week deal the full intent is to get Zach ready to play football again. So the Jets, with their win over the Chicago Bears, the Jets improved to 7-4 and on the season. And honestly, I believe that Robert Sala should stick with Mike White until further notice because I saw a New York Jets football team that played motivated, and they played for Mike White. You look at the Jets offensively and what they were able to do in this game. They had 292 total yards of offense. They had a balanced attack. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They had 466 total yards of offense. They had 308 passing yards, 158 rushing yards. So they had a completely balanced attack between a running game And the passing attack. Anytime you can rush for over 150 yards and throw for over 300 passing yards, that's a balanced attack. And then their running backs played inspired. Zonovan Knight, he had 14 carries, 69 rushing yards, averaged close to five yards per carry. And Ty Johnson, he had, Five carries, 62 rushing yards. He averaged close to 13 yards per carry. So that Jets offense, they were motivated and they played for Mike White. And I thought in the game as well, their receiver, Garrett Wilson, he played some great football. Five receptions, 95 receiving yards, two touchdowns. So offensively, the Jets played. Great football, albeit against a terrible Bears defense. The the, the Bears defense is awful. But I have to give credit where it's due because Mike White was sensational in this game. He replaced Zach Wilson. And I, I, I watched the sideline as I watched this game. And you could tell that the Jets players were excited for Mike White. And it really, really puts into question Zach Wilson's leadership. And that's why I believe Salah should stick with Mike White until further notice because Zach Wilson has been pathetic so far this season. That's why I understood the decision to bench Zach Wilson to begin with. He has been terrible so far this season, and he's been – One of the main reasons why the Jets offensively have struggled. Look at Zach Wilson this season. He's completed 56% of his passes. That's ranked dead last in the NFL when it comes to quarterbacks. He averages 183 passing yards per game. That's ranked 31st in the NFL. He has four touchdowns, five interceptions. That touchdown-interception ratio Is ranked 32nd in the NFL. His passer rating is 72.6. That's ranked 33rd in the NFL. This is among 34 qualifying quarterbacks. Zach Wilson has been pathetic this year. So I believe if I'm Robert Sala, I'm going to ride the hot hand. And honestly, when you look at the Jets so far this season, you could make an argument that the Jets. Could start Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco this season, he's one and two. He has 300 passing yards per game. He got five touchdowns, three interceptions. His total QBR is 33. Now, I don't believe Joe Flacco is an elite quarterback. And obviously, he's past his prime. But Joe Flacco knows how to win football games. And this Jets defense is one of the best defenses in the NFL. I love the Jets' defense. I really, really do. I think the Jets defensively have an outstanding defense. We know that in their secondary, they got Sauce Gardner, who I believe is going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Also, they got playmakers at their defensive line positions as well, and they apply pressure better than any other team in the NFL. I love the Jets defensively. I mean, you look at their defense, and I think they're going to cause some problems this this week for the Minnesota Vikings. I really, really do. I think the, the, the Vikings should be favored, and they are, but this Jets defense is nothing to sneeze at. You look at the Jets defensively, they are ranked sixth in the NFL in total yards given up. They give up 329 yards per game. They give up 198 total passing yards per game. That's ranked eighth in the NFL. They only give up 18 points per game. That's ranked fourth in the NFL. So defensively, we know the Jets have an elite defense. It's, the question for the Jets is going to be whether or not they can get good quality quarterback play to be a contender in the AFC. We know you have to score points in the AFC to win football games. You got Joe Burrow in the high-power Cincinnati Bengals. You got Patrick Mahomes in the electrifying Chiefs offense. You got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs for the Bills. So you got to put up points in the AFC to win football games and to be a contender in the AFC. But again, out of all the playoff teams, honestly, I like the Jets' defense more than any other defense. I think the Jets' defense is that good. But can they get consistent, quality quarterback play? I don't think the Vikings have a great pass defense. We just saw what Matt Jones did against the Vikings defense last week. So I think Mike White possibly could have another good game against the Vikings defensively this week. And I think Robert Sala needs to ride the hot hand and keep Mike White as his starting quarterback. You're in a dogfight in the AFC. You're in a dogfight in the AFC East. Keep Mike White as your quarterback until further notice. If Mike White has a bad game, go back to the drawing board and evaluate who your starting quarterback is going to be for the foreseeable future and in the postseason if the Jets make the playoffs. But until then, keep Mike White in. I remember last year, Mike White had a great performance against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not saying Mike White is an elite quarterback or he's a starting quarterback in the NFL who you can build your franchise around. I'm saying keep Mike White in as quarterback and ride the hot hand. You're in a battle for seeding in the playoffs and in the wild card race. So keep him in at this moment. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore weight also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow wise guys, on Instagram at these guys. No sports. Coming out of the break, I'm going to discuss Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. If the Packers should indeed rest Aaron Rodgers the rest of the season, I'll be right back. It's the worldwide sports radio network. Welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here live on the World Wise Sports Network. Everybody remember going follow the Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Let me sure to follow the Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. I know I keep playing that first of the month. Man, was that a classic by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Man, was that a classic by Bone Thugs and Harmony. So call into the show. 513-203-8655. Number Dallas 513-203-8655. Want to discuss your particular team? Call into the show. My boy Preston on here, man. That's my that's my guy right here, man. We grew up together, man. That's always gonna be my my, my boy. What's up, P? He on here, 49ers going to make the make it to the playoffs. Absolutely. I definitely believe the 49ers are a playoff team in the NFC. And I think the 49ers are the more proven team in the NFC. When you compare them to teams like the Eagles, like the Vikings, like the Cowboys, 49ers are the real deal in the NFC. I'm going to preview the Dolphins and the 49ers game a little later in the show, but absolutely the 49ers are going to make the playoffs, for sure. They got one of the best defenses in the NFL, led by D'Amico Ryans. We know how great of a head coach Kyle Shanahan is. He's a great play caller as well. And I'm looking forward to that t- on this weekend in that matchup with the Dolphins and the Niners. I'm looking forward to Mike McDaniel versus Kyle Shanahan. It's going to be amazing. But yeah, the 49ers definitely a playoff team in the NFC. And honestly, I believe they are the favorites in the conference. Even though the Eagles and the Vikings both have been playing better than the 49ers so far this season consistently, I think the 49ers are still better than the Vikings, and the Eagles, and they are my favorites right now to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. But let's transition to Green Bay and talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers as Aaron Rodgers, he got injured last week against the Philadelphia Eagles, and he injured his ribs, He was already dealing with a nagging thumb injury. And Matt LaFleur, he says when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers will start if he is able to start. This is Matt LaFleur. He said, quote, I think he's been able to play at a pretty high level through a lot of different situations. He said earlier this week that, quote, Aaron Rodgers is feeling a little better. And he plans to start Aaron Rodgers against the Chicago Bears this weekend at Soldier Field. So when I look at this situation involving Aaron Rodgers and whether or not the Packers are making a mistake continuing to play Aaron Rodgers, I believe that the Packers should keep Aaron Rodgers on the field until they are mathematically eliminated from playoff contention. I know the chances of the Packers making the playoffs are very slim, but if the Packers went out, they have a 48% chance to make the playoffs. And you look at their schedule, I think it's reasonable to think the Packers could finish 9-8. and I, I really believe, I'm looking at their schedule, they're playing the Bears the availability of Justin Fields and if he's going to play And the Bears, defensively, they're awful. And that's honestly something that I've been noticing with the Packers over the last few weeks is offensively, they've gotten better. I'll get into that in a bit. But here's the Packers' remaining five games. They are at Chicago this weekend. FPI gives them a 64% chance to win that game. They have a bye week in week 14. And then on Monday night in week 15, they are at Lambeau against the Rams, they have a 69% chance to win that game. And then week 16, they're in Miami. That's the game that they're probably going to lose. The Miami Dolphins are one of the best teams in the AFC. Tua is an MVP candidate. I don't see the Packers beating the Dolphins in South Beach. FPI gives the Packers a 32% chance to win that game. But if you go to week 17 and week 18, they got two games at home against the Vikings and the Lions. In week 17, FPI gives the Packers a 54% chance to win that game and they have a 67% chance to beat the Lions in week 18 in the season finale. So if the Packers can figure out a way to beat the Dolphins in week 16, maybe, just maybe, the Packers could sneak their way into the postseason. You never know. And I believe, Because it's Aaron Rodgers, you have to give Aaron Rodgers an opportunity to keep the Packers in playoff contention until they are mathematically eliminated. I want to see Jordan Love play just as much as everyone else. And I thought last week, once Aaron Rodgers left the game against the Philadelphia Eagles, because Aaron Rodgers left with the rib injury, and Jordan Love came in. Jordan Love went 6 of 9. He had 113 passing yards, one touchdown pass to Christian Watson. I thought Jordan Love looked pretty good. I really, really do. I think he looked really, really good against the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Eagles have one of the best defenses in the NFL. But I think Aaron Rodgers has earned the right to be on the field if the Packers are in playoff contention. Once the Packers are eliminated, you got to insert Jordan Love into the starting lineup and you got to sit Aaron Rodgers because you don't want Aaron Rodgers to take unnecessary hits. Next year, Aaron Rodgers is going to be 40 when he plays next year. He's going to be 40 years old. So I think that – well, actually, I'm sorry, he's going to be 39. Aaron Rodgers will be 39, not 40. be 39. So I think that you don't want Aaron Rodgers taking unnecessary hits. So once the Packers are eliminated from playoff contention, you got to put in Jordan Love. You got to. Now, you look at Aaron Rodgers so far this season. He's having a down year. He's completing 65% of his passes. That's ranked 19th in the NFL. He averages 224 passing yards per game. That's tied for ninth in the NFL. His passing yards per attempt is 6.8. That's ranked 22nd in the NFL. 21 touchdowns on the season thrown. That's ranked fourth in the NFL. And he has nine interceptions. That's tied for 31st in the NFL. But here's what I always say. A down year for Aaron Rodgers is a great year for other average quarterbacks. Honestly. I I mean, you look at Aaron Rodgers so far this year, 21 touchdowns, nine interceptions, completing 65% of his passes. Yes, Aaron Rodgers has not been the elite quarterback that we've been accustomed to seeing over the last three years. He's not been that guy. He hasn't been. I mean, you look at his numbers over the last three years. In 2019, he had 26 touchdowns, four interceptions, 4,002 passing yards. In 2020, his MVP season, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions, 4,299 passing yards. And last year, the man had 37 touchdowns, Four interceptions, just four interceptions, 4,115 passing yards. So over the last three years, we've seen Aaron Rodgers be an elite quarterback. And this year, according to his standards, Aaron Rodgers has not been very good this year. And I think that was because of the development of the young receivers. And we're seeing the young receivers start to learn how to play in the Packers offense. Look at the way Christian Watson has played over the last three weeks. Over the last three weeks, Christian Watson has had a touchdown reception. And I like the dynamic duo with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs next year for the Packers. Offensively, you still have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. We know the Packers' rushing attack is one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. So I like what the Packers are building offensively. And I think that if Aaron Rodgers comes back next year, I think the Packers will be contenders in the NFC North and they'll be playoff contenders. I'm not sure they will be going to be Super Bowl contenders, but they'll be playoff contenders. And here, here's a few reasons why I believe Aaron Rodgers returns back to Green Bay in 2023. He has a guaranteed salary of $59 million coming to him. He can say that he played until his 40th birthday milestone. Again, he's going to be 39 tomorrow. So he can say if he returns back next year to Green Bay that he played until he was 40 years old. Also, this is a big one right here. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to retire and have to share the same Hall of Fame stage with Tom Brady. I think Aaron Rodgers wants his own ceremony in his last season when he decides to retire. I don't think he wants to share that stage with Tom Brady. And honestly, the Packers can't cut Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers has multiple reasons to return back to football next year. And if he wants to play, in The NFL next season, he's going to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. But I got people out there that's talking about Aaron Rodgers and how Aaron Rodgers is washed, and Aaron Rodgers can no longer play quarterback in the NFL. And I think that is absolutely ridiculous. I think Aaron Rodgers is still in the league quarterback. I think Aaron Rodgers, at his best, is arguably still a top five quarterback. And I know this year the statistics, and his production on the field does not resemble a quarterback who is an elite quarterback. I it, I get it. I understand. But when I watch Aaron Rodgers on the field, I still think he has great arm strength. I still believe that Aaron Rodgers' mechanics is still there. And I still believe that Aaron Rodgers can make all the throws Necessary for your team to win football games. Imagine, just imagine, if Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. Imagine, imagine Aaron Rodgers with Brandon Iyuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle, with Kyle Shanahan calling plays. We would be favoring the 49ers in the NFC, and honestly, we would be favoring the 49ers. In the NFL overall, the only question we got about the 49ers is if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to mess it up. But if Aaron Rodgers was on the 49ers right now, the 49ers would be the favorites in the NFC. I think they're the favorites anyway, even with Jimmy G, but they dare sure would be the favorites with Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers is still an elite quarterback. And I got a tweet from this is from Stacy Dales on Twitter last week. She she tweeted, she said, people are funny. Aaron Rodgers is a back-to-back MVP, lost his offensive of coordinator, his quarterback coach, his number one receiver, and they now say he can't play despite being hurt. I, I couldn't agree more, Stacy. I, I couldn't agree more. I still believe that Aaron Rodgers is a top five quarterback in the NFL when he's healthy. And when he trusts his weapons, he didn't trust Christian Watson at the beginning of the season. He didn't trust Romeo Dobbs at the beginning of the season. But I think next year with Christian Watson, with Romeo Dobbs at receiver, with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the backfield, and possibly Robert Tunyon if they resign him in the mix, I think the Packers offensively will be better next year than what they were this year. And that's also one of the reasons why I believe you should play Aaron Rodgers for at least two more games so he can develop some chemistry with his young receivers in Watson and in Dobbs. Everybody go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Coming the break, I'm going to discuss... Michigan's dominant performance over the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'll be right back. It
0: is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. They're live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Y'all hear the return of the Mac instrumental. One of my favorite old school songs. Can't go wrong with that, man. Shout out to my man Mark Morrison on, on the song on that. Love that joint right there, man. It can't go wrong with it. It cannot go wrong with that, with that return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. Call to the show 513 203 513 203 8655 Call to the show if you want to discuss your favorite team whether it's in the NFL or in the NBA. Who is your NFL MVP right now? Who who is it? Is it Giannis? Is it Jason Tatum? Who who's your I'm sorry, that was I say I say NFL. Who is your NBA MVP in the early season? Tatum? Giannis? NFL MVP, Tua, Mahomes, Burrow as a sleeper, call to the show. Give me your prediction for your MVP in either sport. Definitely want to bring you on and discuss that. Let's transition to some college football and discuss the matchup that took place in Columbus over the weekend. It is the Michigan Wolverines and the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Michigan Wolverines dominated the Ohio State Buckeyes 45 to 23 in the game. It's the second consecutive win for Michigan over Ohio State. Both wins by a combined 37 points. For the Wolverines, J.J. McCarthy went 12 of 24. He threw for 263 passing yards, three touchdowns. Edwards had 22 carries, 216. Rushing yards, two touchdowns for the Buckeyes. CJ Stroud, he went 31 of 48. He threw for 349 passing yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. So, as I watched this game unfold Saturday afternoon in Columbus, I had one major takeaway. For the second consecutive year, Jim Harbaugh. Coached Ryan Day. We saw it last year for the Michigan Wolverines. Offensively, that Buckeyes defense, they had no answers for that Wolverines rushing attack last year. And not much changed Saturday in Columbus. You look at last year for the Michigan Wolverines, last year they had 297 rushing yards six rushing touchdowns, they averaged 7.2 yards per carry. And in this year, in the game, they had 252 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, and they averaged 7.2 yards per attempt. In these two years, the Buckeyes only had one rushing touchdown. And shout out to Harbaugh because he recognized a weakness in the Buckeyes' defense and he got the football to his running back and Donovan Edwards. This was without Blake Corum. The Michigan Wolverines' starting running back is Blake Corum. He only had two carries in this game. He had to leave the game because he's been dealing with an injury. And Donovan Edwards had a sensational performance. 22 carries, 216 rushing yards. The man averaged close to 10 yards per carry. Two touchdowns. Even J.J. McCarthy had six carries for 27 rushing yards. Averaged four and a half yards per carry. One touchdown. So I thought offensively, the Michigan Wolverines, they played to their strength and their strength is running the football with Edwards and with Corum, even though he was out, and they played to their strengths, and they knew the weaknesses of this Buckeyes defense. We look at Ryan Day, the head coach for the Buckeyes. His overall record is 45-5. Five, five. So he's won 90% of his games. But you know who he lost to And two of those five games? it's to Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. We witnessed Urban Meyer own the Michigan Wolverines. Literally. I think there was a span where Urban Meyer and the Buckeyes beat the Wolverines like 8 or 9 straight times. It got to a point where I said, "We got to stop calling this a rivalry. This ain't a rivalry. A rivalry is a game played Between two teams, and you don't know the outcome. Every single time they play against each other, the outcome is not predictable because either team can win. When Urban Meyer was in Ohio State as their head coach, they dominated the Michigan Wolverines. They had no answers for the Ohio State Buckeyes in the Urban Meyer era. And since Urban Meyer, departed Columbus, Ryan Day has not gotten the job done against the Michigan Wolverines. And we know that when you're the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes, your number one job is to beat Michigan in the game. And Ryan Day is coming up short. He's coming up short. He has not been able to get the job done against Jim Harbaugh. This was Ryan Day after their loss to the Wolverines. He said, I don't know exactly what's next right now, but that's life at Ohio State. When you lose, it all comes back to me as head coach, and that's probably what hurts the most. Well, guess what, Ryan? You better figure out this real quick because, honestly, there are Buckeyes fans who are calling for Ryan's day's job, they're calling for his job. They expect to beat Michigan in these type of football games. You look at this game at halftime. The Buckeyes they were leading over the Wolverines twenty to seventeen. In the second half, the Wolverines outscored the Buckeyes twenty-eight to three. Twenty-eight to three. Now, this is a Buckeyes offense that has C.J. Strout. They got Marvin Harrison Jr. at running back. They got Mayan Williams. They got Chip them at running back. So this Buckeyes offense is one of the best offenses in college football. They could even score one touchdown in the second half against the Michigan Wolverines. Give Jim Harbaugh a lot of credit. We know Jim Harbaugh is one of the premier coaches in college football. And now, Michigan, they're going to get an opportunity to play in the Big Ten Championship. They played this Saturday I believe the Big Ten Championship is in Indianapolis, the 8 and 4 Purdue Boilermakers versus the 12 and 0 Michigan Wolverines. So, shout out to to Michigan. This is the second year in a row where they're going to get an opportunity to punch their ticket to the college football playoffs and they've been sensational this year. Yeah, it, yep, the game is going to be played at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. And I'm looking forward to this to this game. I'm really I really really am. That that Michigan defense, what they were able to do against the Buckeyes offense was sensational. They, they, they really shut down C.J. Strout and that Buckeyes offense. And for C.J. Strout, he's 0-2 in his career against Michigan. So C.J. Strout and Ryan Day, they can't figure out the Wolverines. They cannot figure out the Wolverines. And honestly, and, and, I, and I like C.J. Strout. I don't want to get up here and 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 talk crazy but watching this game it made me think maybe cj Stroud should return back to ohio state for his senior season i know this year he has 37 touchdowns only six interceptions 3340 passing yards His completion percentage is 66 for the season. But watching this game, I'm thinking to myself, maybe C.J. Stroud isn't quite ready for the NFL level. Maybe he's not ready. I thought his two interceptions were bad interceptions in a game where the Ohio State Buckeyes, they needed him to be as close to perfection as he possibly could because the Buckeyes defense had no answers for that. Wolverines running game they had no answers for that running game with Donovan Edwards so you needed CJ Stroud in the offense to score more than 23 points you needed it and Michigan completely ran away with the game shout out to Jim Harbaugh shout out to the Michigan Wolverines and the Wolverines beat the Buckeyes for a second consecutive season Everybody go and follow the Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys, underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Make sure to follow the Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Coming out the break, I'm going to preview an AFC Championship rematch between the Chiefs and the Bengals. I'll be right back.
0: It is it, the Wide Sports Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to Wise Guys. These Guys Know Sports. Here live on the World Sports Network. Everybody remember go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Make sure to follow Wise Guys. Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Call to the show. 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. Don't forget, we got a big time matchup. In the AFC tonight, in the AFC East, is Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills in New England to take on Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. This game has critical playoff implications for this matchup. So I'm excited to see Josh Allen versus Bill Belichick's defense. I'm, I'm definitely excited for that. Give me your prediction for that game tonight. Do you have the Bills winning tonight in New England, or do you have the Patriots winning a, a much-needed game? Because the Patriots, they lost to the Vikings last week on Thanksgiving, but the Patriots, they are in the thick of the AFC card race. They, they, they definitely are in the thick of it, for sure. So I'm, I'm interested to see this game tonight. I said earlier that the Bills are going to beat the Patriots decisively, but you never know. You never know with the way that Bill Belichick coaches against young quarterbacks. I mean, he he does a great job against against young quarterbacks for sure. But let's transition to a matchup in the AFC. It's a AFC Championship rematch. It's the Kansas City Chiefs, who are favored by two and a half points, traveling here to Cincinnati to take on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a 4:25 kickoff. The over/under for this game is 52.5. I am so excited for this matchup, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! It's gonna be a great game between two. Big time quarterbacks, but let's take a trip down memory lane and let's talk about the Bengals and the Chiefs matchup last year in the regular season and in the postseason. So the last year in the regular season, the Bengals they beat the Chiefs 31 at then Paul Brown Stadium. In the game, Patrick Mahomes went 26 of 35. He threw for 259 passing yards, two touchdowns. And for the Bengals Joe Burrow, he went 30 of 39. He threw for 446 passing yards, four touchdowns. And in this game, the Chiefs they were leading at halftime 28 to 17. But the Bengals outscored the Chiefs 17 to 3 in the second half, and Joe Burrow brought the Bengals back from an 11-point deficit at halftime. So Bengals were sensational in their Week 17 win over the Chiefs last year, and that was a game that clinched the AFC North for the Bengals. So big-time win for the Bengals. Now here is the AFC Championship game from last year. The Bengals beat the Chiefs again. This time it was in Kansas City. Bengals won twenty-seven to twenty-four for the Bengals. Joe Burrow went twenty-three of thirty-eight, two hundred and fifty passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception. T. Higgins had a great performance: six receptions, one hundred and three receiving yards for the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes struggled in the second half. He went twenty-six of thirty-nine. 275 passing yards, three touchdowns. Travis Kelsey had 10 receptions, 95 receiving yards, one touchdown. And in this matchup, at halftime, the Chiefs were beating the Bengals again. This time, it was Chiefs 21, Bengals 10. And in the second half and overtime, the Bengals outscored the Chiefs again. 17 to 3. And I was so impressed with the way the Bengals were able to pull this off. And honestly, when I look at these two teams, right, I'm excited because we got two teams who are like not in good ways. Like they don't like each other. Like the Chiefs and Bengals do not like each other. When I listen to the Chiefs, when they play against the Bills, I see and I hear compliments from both teams about the opposing team. You hear Josh Allen complimenting Patrick Mahomes. You hear Patrick Mahomes complimenting Josh Allen. You hear Sean McDermott complimenting Andy Reid and vice versa. But the Bengals and the Chiefs do not like each other. They were going back and forth on Twitter yesterday This was on Twitter. This was Justin Reed, the safety for the Chiefs. He was on Twitter, and I guess he was talking about number 88 for the Bengals. He went from talking about Tyler Higbee, then he he was talking about T. Higgins, and he was talking about Hayden Hurst. And so Justin Reed on Twitter, he said, to be honest, I meant Hayden Hurst for the man matchups. Nonetheless, any and everybody still getting locked up. That was Justin Reed, the safety for the Chiefs. And this was Jamar Chase, who's going to play in this game. He responded to Reed, and he said, let's put some money on it, big time. So I love this. I I love this. Jamar Chase is going to play in this game. And I am so excited for this matchup. I, I really, really am. Because they don't like each other. And I believe that the Chiefs believe that the Cincinnati Bengals are the primary reason why. They did not return back to the Super Bowl last year. And not just because of their winning the AFC championship. Remember, the Chiefs lost to the Bengals in week 17, and they weren't the number one seed in the AFC last year. That happened to be the Tennessee Titans. The Chiefs wanted to be the number one seed in the AFC so they could have the road to the Super Bowl go through Kansas City. And the Bengals beat them in week 17, and ruined their chances at the number one seed in the AFC. And they ruined their chances at getting back to the Super Bowl last year as well. So I know Patrick Mahomes is going to be up for this matchup. You look at Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow. These are two of the best quarterbacks that we have in the NFL. But Patrick Mahomes has not beaten Joe Burrow yet. This is Mahomes versus Burrow in their matchups against each other, including the playoffs. Mahomes is 0-2 versus Joe Burrow. Mahomes, he averages 267 passing yards per game. He has five touchdowns, two interceptions, with a 102.0 passer rating. Now, Joe Burrow, he averages 348 passing yards per game, six touchdowns, one interception, his passer rating is 117.7. So we've seen Patrick Mahomes beat Josh Allen. We've seen Patrick Mahomes beat Lamar Jackson. We've seen Patrick Mahomes beat Justin Herbert. But he has not beaten Joe Burrow yet in his career. And I believe that of all the teams in the AFC, The Bengals are not afraid of the Kansas City Chiefs. They're not. The Chiefs have beaten the Chargers in in, in very meaningful regular season games. They've beaten the Bills in meaningful playoff games. They've beaten the Ravens. They have not been able to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. And this Bengals offense, they live up to the hype against This Chiefs team, offensively, we know the Bengals are loaded. At quarterback, you got Joe Burrow. You got Joe Mixon in the backfield. You got P. Ryan, who's been playing well lately. At receiver, the Bengals have one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. They got Jamar Chase. They got T. Higgins. They got Tyler Boyd. At tight end, you got Hayden Hurst, a nice replacement for C.J. Uzama who was on the Bengals last year, and when the Bengals face off against the Chiefs, they average 31 points per game. They average 6.5 yards per play. They average 417 yards per game, and they convert on 22% of their first downs. This is, And then you look at them against other teams in comparison to when they play the Chiefs. They average 26 points per game, yards per play, 5.6 yards per game is 355 yards per game. And that first down per game is 20.3. And that original statistic I said with first downs, it's not percentage. It's more so the amount of first downs that they get. So the Bengals against the Chiefs, they average 22 first downs per game. Against other teams, they average 20 first downs per game. So against the Chiefs. The Bengals' offense shows up. They show up in a big-time way, and Jamar Chase is going to return back to the field for the Bengals. I believe that the Bengals' organization, the way they handled Jamar Chase's injury was perfect. It was perfect. Remember, Jamar Chase, he left in Week 7. After Week 7, I think that was the game that he left because the, the, the Bengals had to play the Falcons In week seven, in that game, Jamar Chase had like eight receptions for like hundred over 100 receiving yards in that game. But he was out in four games. He was out against the Browns, Panthers, Steelers, Titans. And the Bengals, in his absence, went three and one. I thought the Bengals organization, they handled it perfectly because you don't need Jamar Chase to beat the Panthers or the Steelers or even the Titans. You could beat the, those teams without him. And I thought they did a great job. There were reports last week on how Jamar Chase could have possibly played in the Titans game. And I thought immediately, keep him out, bring him back against the Chiefs. You don't need Jamar Chase to beat the Titans. You don't need him against the Titans. This is Ryan Tannehill you're going up against. This ain't Josh Allen. This ain't Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. This is Ryan Tannehill. You can beat the Titans without Jamar Chase. But you're going to need Jamar Chase to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think that Bengals, Zach Taylor, Mike Brown, and that Bengals organization, they did a great job with the timing for when they're going to bring back Jamar Chase, their star receiver. You look at Jamar Chase since 2021, Jamar Chase has 11 receiving touchdowns of 25 yards or more. That's three more than any other receiver in the NFL. So, I I like the way Patrick Mahomes has been playing this year. We know Patrick Mahomes is a leading candidate for NFL MVP honors. And he is the highest graded quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus, this year. He's he's graded at 91.5%. You got Tua at 91%. Josh Allen at 90.9%. I don't know how he's over. Joe Burrow. You got Jalen Hurts at 87.6%. and Well, you got Jalen Hurts at 87.6%, I'm sorry. And Joe Burrow was at 87.5%. And I love the way Patrick Mahomes has been playing this year. You look at Mahomes, I think Mahomes is the leading candidate for NFL MVP honors. He got 29 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 3,585 passing yards. He's completing 66% of his passes. Patrick Mahomes has been sensational this year. In the, in, this is without Tyreek Hill. We all talked about coming into the season. How is Mahomes going to adjust without his best receiver, in Tyreek Hill? He's doing quite fine, doing quite fine, and at the top of the NFL MVP conversation. But it wouldn't be happening without Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has been sensational this, this season, ladies and gentlemen. When you talk about NFL MVP, The same way that Tyreek Hill is in the conversation, we got to include Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey got 73 receptions, 912 receiving yards, 12 touchdowns. He's averaging over two and a half touchdowns per game. It seems like every time I watch the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey is in the end zone multiple times per game. I mean, defenses have no answer for Travis Kelsey. So we know the Chiefs offense – they are one of the best offenses in the NFL. You look at them offensively, they're top five in, in a, every major statistical category. The Chiefs offensively, they average 441 total yards per game. That's ranked first in the NFL. They average 315 passing yards. That's ranked first in the NFL. They average 30 points per game. That's ranked first in the NFL and they convert on 51% of their third-down plays. That's ranked first in the NFL. This is a high-powered offense that the Kansas City Chiefs put on display week in and week out, led by Patrick Mahomes. At receiver, they got Marquez Valdez-Scanlon. They got Juju Smith-Schuster, Hartman as well. So, you know, we we know this Chiefs offense is going to put up points. It's, they're going to put up points. But I think the biggest difference in the game is going to be the Bengals' defense. I think the Bengals' defense is better than the Chiefs' defense is. I really, really do. Defensively for the Bengals, they are middle of the pack in a lot of categories. Total yards given up, they give up 339 yards per game. That's ranked 11th in the NFL. They are average against the pass and against the run. Against the pass, they give up 216 yards per game. That's tied for 14th in the NFL. They give up 112 rushing yards per game. That's ranked 13th in the NFL. I thought the Bengals' defense did a tremendous job last week against Derrick Henry. I thought they were sensational against Derrick Henry last week. They held Derrick Henry to only 38 rushing yards. 38 rushing yards for Derrick Henry last week against that Bengals' defense. So we know defensively they are led by defensive coordinator Lou Moral. and as their pass rushers, they got Trey Henderson, they got Sam Hubbard. DJ Reader is going to play in this game. At linebacker, you got Logan Wilson. you got Jermaine Pratt as well. Their secondary is suspect because I don't believe in Eli Apple. I think Eli Apple is very, very suspect at corner. Uwuzier is out for the year. He was their best corner before his season-ending injury. But this is going to be a great matchup at Paycar Stadium Sunday afternoon. I don't understand why the hell the NFL did not flex this game. I don't want to see the Colts and Cowboys on Sunday night football. I want to see Chiefs, Bengals, Mahomes versus Joe Burrow. That's what I want to see. I want to see an AFC championship rematch. I don't know why the hell they didn't flex this game into the Sunday night football window. Nevertheless, with all that being said, I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair. I think both of these offenses are going to put up a lot of points in this game. If you are a betting man, I would suggest for you to take the over because it's going to be a lot of points scored Sunday afternoon at Pecar Stadium. With all that being said, I'm rolling with the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going Patrick Mahomes 35, Joe Burrow 31. I think it's going to be close, but I think Patrick Mahomes is going to rebound from his last two performances against the Bengals and beat the Bengals at Paycar Stadium. And I think the Chiefs are going to improve to 10-2 and two on a season. But I still think the Bengals have a chance at a playoff spot in the AFC. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wiseguys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wiseguys. And also be sure to follow wise guys on Instagram at these guys no sports. Coming out of the break, I'm going to preview a matchup in the bay. It's a matchup between the Miami Dolphins and the San Francisco 49ers. I'll be right back.
0: It's the worldwide sports radio network.
1: back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports We're live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember to well, follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Love that joint right there, man. That no shopping sprees is a great, great song. Call to the show, though. 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655. 5-5 five, five is the number of the Dow. I'm going to try to get my man Steve Willis on here shortly. We're going talk about this chiefs bengals matchup, an AFC Championship rematch from last year. Trying to see if he's going to call into the show here shortly. But I'm also going to preview the Dolphins and 49ers matchup as well. Battle in the Bay, Tua Tagovailoa versus Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Mike McDaniel versus Kyle Shanahan. Going to be a great matchup in San Francisco between two playoff teams. I think the Dolphins and the 49ers are both playoff teams in their respective conferences. I think it is a a sleeper matchup for a Super Bowl preview. I really, really do. I'm going to get into that here in a bit. Hopefully my man Steve can call in to the show. I want to welcome to the show tonight Chiefs insider Steve Willis. Steve, how are you tonight? Hey, what's going on? Not much, man. Not much. How was your Thanksgiving, Steve? Oh, it was uh, It was actually
2: really good. Really good. A lot of food, a lot of football. Uh, a couple of naps afterwards. We are ready to, ready to rock and roll, though, for Sunday.
1: Yeah, we were ready to rock and roll. Let's get right to it, Steve. So we have an AFC Championship rematch between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. And obviously last year, the Bengals beat the Chiefs in both of their matchups last year. In the regular season in week 17, the Bengals beat the Chiefs 34 to 31 at Paul Brown Stadium and then in the AFC Championship game last year, the Bengals beat the Chiefs 27 to 24. The Bengals overcame deficits in both of those games last year, Steve. So, I just got done talking about the game and I believe that Joe Joe Burrow for whatever reason has Patrick Mahomes' number So what are you looking forward to in this matchup as we see this AFC championship rematch Sunday in Cincinnati?
2: Okay. So first let's take a quick look at the, at the last two games that the chiefs and the Bengals have played. It it was a tale of two halves in both games. Kansas city came out absolutely on fire in both games. And, uh, and as you said, they ran up big leads in both games. And then they went into the locker room and it was almost as if uh, the chiefs came out in the second half and just completely forgot how to play football, especially in that AFC championship game. Now there's a couple of reasons for that. And you noticed that in, in those games, number one, the Bengals, uh, they, they saw what the chiefs were trying to do and they were able to make defensive adjustments to stymie the offense um and then in the you know on the, the flip side uh they were able to make adjustments versus the defense and most of that was because the pass rush was not necessarily there yeah not without blitzing anyway and and if you blitz Joe Burrow it's very similar to blitzing Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes they're going to make you pay yeah now I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball for the chiefs for one second, because this year being very different with the pass rush, uh, you have a healthy Frank Clark, which Frank Clark in both of those games was not healthy. He was fighting through a neck injury and uh, he, he just wasn't himself. Chris Jones, is comfortable on the outside and the inside. Remember last year they were trying to put Chris Jones on defensive end and he was struggling a little bit with his technique. This year, on as you know, playing the edge position, Chris Jones is probably one of the better pass rushers in the league. Um the Chiefs did not have an answer for defensive tackle last year when Chris Jones was on the edge. This year Mike Dana is showing that he is uh is definitely somebody who can be reckoned with in the middle not to mention they now have the addition of Carlos Dunlap yeah and uh, that experience along with the energy they have on that front seven, they can rush four and get to the quarterback which is something they really could not do last year Now you now have uh, uh Trent McDuffie you now have a a healthy uh, defensive backfield. And and it's going to be a, a much better matchup yeah. with all of those talented wide receivers that the Bengals have. And yes, they're getting them all back. So, and and this is going to be that's going to be one of the big key matchups right there, is how these wide receivers are going to do on the outside, uh, versus the Chiefs uh defenders. Are they gonna be able to hold them man to man long enough for that pass rush to get there? I feel as if it is possible and we are dealing with a Bengals offensive line that has gotten a lot better throughout the course of the season, but at first they were a little discombobulated. That is Agreed. a new offensive line, yeah, and Steve Spagnolo loves running stunt packages, double stunts over unders things with four guys that can really confuse and and really uh frustrate offensive lines that have communication issues, so that will be a focus in this game for the chiefs defensively. Now the chiefs offensively, the one thing the Bengals were able to do that really stymied Patrick Mahomes in the second half of that AFC championship, they would drop eight guys rush three drop eight. The chiefs did not have an answer because they weren't confident running the ball. Not this year. This year is going to be way different. Isaiah Pacheco is coming off of back to back hundred yard games. That is unheard of for an Andy Reed le- heard of for an Andy Reed led Kansas city offense to allow a running back to rush for a hundred plus yards a game. Well, the chiefs are doing it. Yeah. They just, this, this past weekend against the Rams, they came out and that was a very business like approach. They ran the ball, ran the ball, and they made sure that the running back got a good taste of what was going on. They even brought Ronald Jones in the mix and, and his his first uh, active game day uh, appearance, and they ran the ball. And they're showing the rest of the league, hey, we're going to be able to run the ball. So if you want to rush three and drop eight, that's fine. We're just going to hand it off and run it down your throat. Yeah. So so now the Vang- and I'm sure they're, they're looking at that film too. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to see a lot of those uh, three-man rush drop eight business like what we did in the second half of that AFC Championship game.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And honestly, though, Steve, what I'm looking forward to the most is the trash talk. The Chiefs when they play the Bills, I hear Patrick Mahomes complimenting Josh Allen, and Josh Allen complimenting Patrick Mahomes. When they play the Ravens, I hear him compliment Lamar, Lamar complimenting Mahomes. Honestly, I think these two teams do not like each other. I believe that the Chiefs they feel as if the Bengals ruined. Two things for them last year. One was the number one seed in the AFC. Because you remember, the Titans got the number one seed last year in the AFC. The Chiefs wanted that number one seed and that first round bye, and they wanted the road to the Super Bowl to have to come through Arrowhead in Kansas City. But when the Bengals beat them in Week 17, that did not happen because of that loss. And then I thought that in the AFC Championship game, Because the Bengals overcame an 11 point halftime deficit, that ruined Patrick Mahomes' opportunity to win his second Super Bowl. Stevie, that was a chance for the Chiefs to get back to the Super Bowl and win again. And then earlier this week, I don't know if you saw this, but the safety for the Chiefs, Justin Reed, he was on Twitter trash talking. The receiver for the Bengals, Jamar Chase, who's going to return back to the field for this game. So honestly, I'm interested. And seeing these two teams, you know, trash talk amongst each other in this matchup at Pecar Stadium Sunday afternoon. To that, you say
0: what?
2: Well, first of all, uh, do, don't get me wrong. Patrick Mahomes has already gone on record to say he has a lot of respect for Joe Burrow and uh, he loves his work ethic and all that. So he, he's saying all the right things. Out of the Chiefs press conferences Sunday, they, when they had their post game press conference versus the Rams. Yeah. You have heard nothing but all we can think about is the AFC championship game. We're we we we're going back to that game. We're looking at that film. So it's been on their mind when you get bulletin board material. That they have had this game circled on their calendars yes. since the schedule came out in July. We all know it. Everybody in Kansas City knows it. Everybody inside the EHA field at Arrowhead Stadium knows it. Everybody in that Chiefs organization knows it. They have had this game circled. They know that payback time. And the one thing that, that the fire that really gets Patrick Mahomes going is disrespect the potential of disrespect like all he has heard in the offseason was the Bengals got you guys yeah they got you twice this is fuel for Patrick Mahomes fire and all the distractions are out of the way Uh Patrick and Brittany had their baby uh, yesterday actually okay.
1: congratulations and
2: uh, and so their son yes congratulations to them Patrick bronze Mahomes the third so uh that distraction is out of the way He doesn't have to worry about anything else. Just focus straight on football. And what a time to focus uh, going into a a rematch of what was just an absolute dumpster fire of a game for them offensively.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. And honestly, two more questions for you, Steve. I got to get out of here. But honestly, I look at Patrick Mahomes. I've seen Mahomes beat Lamar Jackson. I've seen Mahomes beat Justin Herbert multiple times. I've seen Mahomes beat Josh Allen. I haven't seen Patrick Mahomes beat Joe Burrow yet. And honestly, I think that is also going to be some motivation for Mahomes in this matchup because I think there's mutual respect between Mahomes and Burrow, but I believe Mahomes wants to prove that he is still the undisputed best quarterback, not only in the AFC, but in the NFL overall, and he is the leading candidate for MVP honors because I think Joe Burrow, honestly, Steve, he's creeping his way into that MVP conversation. He's been playing well over the last four weeks, especially in the absence of his star receiver in Jamar Chase. I think Patrick Mahomes wants to kind of send a message to Joe Burrow specifically.
2: It would be easy to to just say, well Patrick Mahomes just you know he needs to get that one on Joe Burrow. But see, one of the one of the great um one of the great uh, parts of the Mahomes versus rivalry is he's traded blows with all of the quarterbacks that he's he's played against you know even Tom Brady uh, he lost to Tom Brady and beat Tom Brady yeah Justin Herbert he has lost to Justin Herbert and beaten him uh you know same thing with Lamar Jackson the same thing with you know every quarterback every great quarterback he's being compared to right now yeah except for Joe Burrow now, that does two things. Number one, yeah, it's going to fuel Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, the other thing it's going to do on the other side is eventually Joe Burrow, having not lost to Patrick Mahomes, you got to ask yourself how soon before Joe Burrow starts kind of taking for granted that he's going to beat Kansas City. Yeah. Oh, I've, we've got their number every time. Yeah. You know, why, why am I worried? We, You know, we beat them every time. Well, as soon as you start thinking that, you know, David becomes a little stronger and Goliath becomes a little more nonchalant. So you kind of have to you kind of have to watch, you know, the the attitude there. Joe Burrow is kind of known for having that uh, that excessive amount. Yeah. And uh, and that can tend to bite him every once in a while. So the the biggest the biggest thing to look at here is the fundamentals. What are the chiefs going to go to? What are the, the Bengals going to go to? The Chiefs are going to go back to the tape. They're going to say, what did we do wrong? How do we fix it? This is something that Kansas City has done every time they've lost. Yeah, Every time they've, they've, they've lost big. Every time they've lost small. They go back to the tape and they say, what did we do wrong? How do we fix it? And And they do it. And they fix it. So you see the next time they roll out there, they're like, we aren't going to screw this up again. Yeah. And so, so that's going to be the the motivation on Kansas City's side. The Bengals they they are going to start getting their swagger back because they are getting all their pieces back in place. And they started out rough this year. That offensive line wasn't doing them any favors. Joe Burrow was making mistakes. It was easy to dismiss the Bengals, and now they've come roaring back. Yeah. And what they're eight and one in the last nine games. They look
1: phenomenal. Yeah.
2: So, this it's going to be a great game. I agree. Uh, No matter what, it's going to be a great game. Real quick, real quick, Um, Steve,
1: I want to say this too, because I thought also in the AFC Championship, like, real quick, I don't even respond to this. I thought the play of the game was before the end of the half when the Chiefs were in the red zone against the Bengals and they had an opportunity to score a touchdown and go up 28 to 10 instead of being only up 21 to 10. But they also could have kicked a field goal. And I think Andy Reid wanted to kick the field goal. Mahomes waved him off. They tried to go I think they tried to throw like a screen or something to, to Tyreek Hill, and I don't think Eli Apple was very good, but he made a tremendous play on Tyreek Hill on the last play of the half, and I thought that saved the Bengals because if you go down 18 points to the Chiefs, I'm not so sure that Bengals team is going to be able to overcome an 18-point deficit compared to an 11-point deficit. So that you say what before we get out of here?
2: Well, we we absolutely said the same thing in Kansas City. You know, if that play was made, you know what you know what what could the Bengals have done that would have ripped their heart out? You know, going into the locker room down 18, and you know that big play being made that also elevated them going into the locker room. So it did the exact opposite. It's one of those moments that you know you. You can't really quantify yeah. how big that would have been if it swung the other way. And, and yeah, Andy Reid probably did want to. He'll never admit it, but he probably did want to kick the field goal there. And he is known for giving his leaders the levity they need on the field to make decisions. And, generally, Patrick Mahomes makes good decisions. In that particular case, it may have not been the best decision. Everybody in the world knew that he was going to go to Tyreek Hill right there and that's why Eli Apple was there, you know, Johnny on the spot to make a great play. So, it's it's one of those if they had it back, could they kick the field goal, they probably would have. But at the same time, if you have 15 under center and you only need to get a couple of yards,
1: and I'm taking my chances with Mahomes. I agree. I agree. And I, and I would do the same thing. With 12 under center for the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, but you know, I would do the same thing with him because you, you got to trust your quarterback in those moments. Real quick, Steve, before you get out of here, give me your prediction for Sunday's game. It's going to be a tough game.
2: I can tell you that the Chiefs are a two point road favorite. Uh, I'm going to have to go with what Vegas says here. I've got Kansas City winning 28 27 in a squeaker, and I think it's going to come down to a field goal at the end of the game. By a, a, a well-heeled up Harrison Butker,
1: he's Steve Willis, Chiefs insider. I appreciate you coming on tonight, Steve. I'll definitely bring you on probably next week and talk some more Chiefs football, man. I appreciate it.
2: Absolutely, it's uh, great to great to talk football with you. You guys go find me on Facebook at social media Steve.
1: All right, he's Steve Willis, uh, my, the Chiefs insider on Wise Guys. I appreciate Steve for. Calling into the show tonight, let's transition to week twi- 13. Week 13, I'm gonna say week 12. Week 13, wise picks. Let's get right to my wise picks. If you are a gambling man or woman and you want to gamble and put some tickets in for week 13, come and listen to Wise Guys Sports featuring Trey Larkins. I'm gonna get you right. I'm gonna get you right, ladies and gentlemen. Come on here and listen to my wise picks for. Week 13, let's get to it. It's a matchup, a battle in the bay between Tua Tagovailoa vailoa and Jimmy Garoppolo. I am so excited for this matchup. The 49ers have one of the best defenses in the NFL. We know how great Tua has been so far this season. The Dolphins have not lost a game where Tua Tagovailoa vailoa has started and finished at no point this season. They did lose that game that he started against the Bengals, but he left that game with his concussion. And they averaged 28 points per game. Tua, Tua's QBR is 80.1. Tua has 19 touchdowns to three interceptions for the season. We know how dynamic that Dolphins offense is. Like, that Dolphins offense is elite. I mean, you look at Jalen Waddell. He got 56 receptions, 963 receiving yards, six touchdowns. Tyreek Q, who I believe is an MVP candidate, 87 receptions, 1,233 receiving yards, four touchdowns for the season. They got a dynamic duo at receiver. But I believe that the 49ers are going to beat the Dolphins in the Bay this weekend. I'm going 49ers 24, Dolphins 21. Another underrated matchup this weekend in Week 13. We got the Titans at Eagles. The Eagles are favored by four and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff at Lincoln Financial Field. The over-under for this game is 44 and a half points. I think that the Eagles are the better football team. I believe in Jalen Hurts more than I believe in Ryan Tannehill. And this is a revenge game for the Titans because they did trade away their former star receiver in A.J. Brown. But A.J. Brown is now shining For the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe that the Eagles take care of business against the Titans. I'm going Eagles 27, Titans 17. Jaguars are favored by one point in Detroit against the Lions, who are having an average season for their standards. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff. I think that Trevor Lawrence is better than Jared Goff is. I like the performance that the Jaguars put on last week against the Ravens. They overcame a 9-point deficit. In the fourth quarter, I'm going Jaguars 27, Lions 26. I think it's going to be close in Detroit. Deshaun Watson is returning back for the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are favored by seven points in Houston. It's a one o'clock kickoff. The over-under for this game is 47 points. This game is going to be much closer than people anticipate I believe that the Texans are going to be up for this game, but I do believe that the Browns outlast the Texans. I'm going Browns 21, Texans 20. I think it's going to be close. I think they're going to be up for this game. This is like the Texans Super Bowl going up against their former quarterback. This is a great matchup as well. It's the Jets at the Vikings. The Vikings are favored by three points. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Minnesota. The over under for this game is 44 and a half points. I believe that the Jets upset the Vikings in Minnesota. I believe in that Jets defense more than I believe in Kirk Cousins. I'm going Jets 20, Vikings 17. This is my week 13 upset pick of the week Jets over the Vikings 20 to 17. The Steelers, who are favored by one point in Atlanta against the Falcons. It's 1 o'clock kickoff. The over-under for this game is 42.0. I think that this game is meaningless. I don't really care about either one of these two teams. I'm going to roll with the Falcons to beat the Steelers in Atlanta. I'm going Falcons, 20, Steelers, 13. It's the Broncos in Baltimore against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are favored by eight and a half points. It's a one o'clock kickoff in Baltimore. The over-under for this game is 39 and a half points. The Broncos are having a terrible season. Lamar Jackson is playing better than Russell Wilson is. I think the Ravens have a bounce-back performance against the Broncos. I'm rolling with the Ravens to beat the Broncos in Baltimore. I'll go Lamar Jackson 30 Russell Wilson, 17. NFC East battle. Commanders favored by 2.5 points in New York to take on the Giants. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff. The over-under for this game is 40.5. I don't believe in Daniel Jones. I don't believe in the New York Giants at all. I'm rolling with the Commanders to beat the Giants in New York. I'm going Commanders, 24, Giants. 17. Seahawks favored by seven points in LA against the Rams. It's a 405 kickoff. The over under for this game is 41.0. The Seahawks are a much more complete football team than the Rams are. They're playing better football overall. They are in the thick of the NFC wild card race. I'm going Seahawks 21, Rams 13. Chargers at Raiders in AFC West battle. Herbert versus Derek Carr. The Raiders are favored by a half a point. It's a 425 kickoff in Las Vegas. The over-under for this game is 50.5. This is a must win for the Chargers if they want to be considered a playoff team in the AFC. If they want to stay on pace to make the playoffs and stay in contention with the other teams in the AFC, they got to beat teams like the Raiders. I'm going Justin Herbert, 28. Derek Carr, 21. Colts-Cowboys. It's a Sunday night matchup on NBC. It's going to start at 820. The Cowboys are favored by 10.5 points. The over-under for this game is 44.5 points. The Cowboys are the better football team. Colts coming off a tough loss to the Steelers on Monday Night Football. I'm going Cowboys, 28. Colts, 17. Moving on to the NFC South, Saints at Buccaneers. It's a, the, the Buccaneers are favored by three and a half points. It's an 8-15 kickoff. The over-under for this game is 40.5. This is the Monday night matchup in Tampa. The Bucs are better than the Saints are this year. I'm going to roll with Tom Brady to beat the Saints in Tampa. I'll go Bucs 24, Saints 17, even though the Saints always play the Buccaneers Tough. Everybody remember go follow wise guys on Twitter at Wise Guys H also on Facebook Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys, on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Enjoy NFL Week 13. I'm Trey Larkins signing off the World Wide Sports Network. Have a great weekend. Tracy Larkins. Chris Mitchell.
0: Uh-huh. Tracy Larkins. Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. West Guys, West Guys, these guys no sports. Uh, uh, Chris, these guys, know sports. Uh, uh, uh. These guys, those sports. It is the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio, Radio